0: This, this
1: is DC, bitches. I feel like Donald Trump. I say what I want. But I go where I want.
2: You are in The Swamp with Marcella Aberdeen and Karina Gutierrez.
3: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is Marcella. And
4: this is Karina.
3: And you're in The Swamp, the Georgetown Swamp. Um, today's feature topic. Well, we have two feature topics. We're going to be talking with Maria, an astrologist from the DC area, about all things you've ever wanted to know about the astrology, Mercury retrograde, new moons, and how it affects your life. Um, also with us is Dr. Lena.
0: Hey.
3: Lena <laughs> is a top DC therapist, and she's going to talk to us about some issues involving mental health and Donald Trump and the kind of legality and controversy around this issue that's been going on with people, mental health professionals, diagnosing Donald Trump with um, a mental illness from afar. So we're going to get into that and talk to that, um, the issues surrounding that with Dr. Lena, the therapist. We also have our favorite Georgetown neighbor who comes with all the wit and all the charm. She's always tunes in with us. So... um, Cool. If you're listening on your phone or computer, you should like us on Facebook at theswampdc.com and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud at theswampdc. Great. Well, let's just get right into it. Let's talk with Maria first. Maria, first, can you just give us a little bit of background? Tell us how you came to astrology. Yeah, sure.
2: I mean, I I think, I mean, I I work in the media and um, Mercury rules the media. It's one of its... uh, one of the major things technology in the media, so I think part of it was I saw my life disrupted in a variety of ways, like all the time, but I didn't really have an understanding of what that meant, and people would reference, oh, it's Mercury retrograde, and I had no idea what they were talking about, and I always kind of considered myself to be more scientific or more kind of rational than, I don't know, I guess these people, and... Uh, Yeah. And just over time, I started to see a pattern, like when, when, especially when I moved to Egypt. So um, my company, we had an office in in Cairo, and I just noticed like our computers would basically explode, (laughs) like fires, and, you know, especially electrical fires, like every, you know, six weeks, a month and a half, something like that. And again, people would say, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. And I would think they were crazy. And then, um, yeah, so... uh, So
4: so now that you're an astrologer, what's your response to people that call this a pseudoscience or... Uh, just, you know, made yeah,
3: well, up. Well, can you talk about that in, like, the background? Like, what is astrology? And then exactly, like, yeah, for people sure. say it's a pseudoscience. So first, yeah, what is it? And then yeah, respond
4: sure. to that. Let like me interject with one thing. <laughs> thing. Yeah, no, <laughs> so we got, we got three questions. I have three.
1: to say, anybody who does not believe in astrology has no imagination or creativity <laughs> because it really is a fascinating field. Mm-hmm. Go
2: ahead.
1: Can yeah, yeah no, have, absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
2: I think that the... I mean basically astrology historically has been sort of the, the science of the way the science of astronomy, like the way the universe actually moves. And then I would say astrology is kind of the sociology of astronomy. So how those energies affect, I would say humans or the planet Mm -hmm. or even animals. So there's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, animal astrologists and, you know, and historically they were very, they were very merged. So if you look at like Isaac Newton or Copernicus or Galileo, um, when they were when they were being uh, when they were studying astronomy, they were also studying astrology because in their mind it was again sociology. Like how do you understand human nature? How do you understand how the planets affect um, plants? So, for example, in farmers' almanacs, you'll always see um, Mercury retrograde. Actually, is a very important cycle for growing. You know, a lot of the retrogrades are very important parts for growing. So farmers would always follow. Um, planetary movements. It just was less accepted because of the crackdowns on the, uh, from the you know church, basically the Christian mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. to um, so it kind of became less associated with human behavior and more towards animals and like agriculture, which is kind mm-hmm. of you know.
3: so actually scientists seem to have been involved in sort of the the beginnings of astrology because like Karina said you do hear that a lot now like this isn't real science this is pseudoscience
2: yeah no no absolutely I mean historically like I said I mean you know Sir Isaac Newton like any famous any famous scientist that you're familiar with um, basically was an astrologer because that was the foundation of the way Mm -hmm. um, astronomy was taught and Mm -hmm. astronomy was such an important you know basically if you were an educated person you studied astronomy And, uh, in particular, if you were a teacher, you know, like, you know, Aristotle or anything like that, Plato, I mean, all, all astrologers, um, or had like at least a, a very deep knowledge of astrology. But but
4: then on the flip side, religious people say that this is like paganism, right? Or that this is sort of like, um, this is, this is blasphemy almost. And which
2: is really weird considering if you, if, if anyone's been to like the Louvre or any of these like, Mm -hmm. you know, museums where they have a lot of medieval art, You'll see the zodiac. Mm-hmm. You'll see um, it. Basically, all medieval, like early art, the zodiac is really mm-hmm. prominently portrayed. In fact, the circle, where the circle, the famous zodiac circle, was a symbol for God. So there was this. This is why you'll see it in medieval art everywhere because it was. Um, the idea was was that all of the houses, which represent different personality types and energies that are in the planets mm-hmm. and in the world, um, are all reflected in God. So it's like a, a symbol of oneness. Um, even in Islamic art, you'll see it, you'll see it in, you'll see it like across um, almost all early kind of genres In the, in the early Christian like, catacombs, there's tons of astrological references. Um, so it's, you know, the wise men in the Bible. You know, you know, um, Iranians were are very associated with astrology because of the Zoroastrian tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, the religion in Iran at the time. So it's um, so it's been sort of no, around. No, it's been prevalent. Yeah. yeah, it's been very prevalent. And the most famous, like what we call Western astrology, is actually Iraqi. It's Babylonian. Mm. So that's what's interesting: is people, people, um, you know, Middle Eastern people can be quite kind of um, you well, know to the
1: point it, that in, in in Islam, for example, it's been it's been outlawed completely mm-hmm. as forbidden yeah they, it, it's, it's funny because in text it says there is such a thing as, as magic but it is outlawed you cannot practice it yeah so it, it's it's giving credibility to that field but don't do it basically and i think a lot of religions have that big push towards that's why it's so prevalent it's so powerful that religions just felt had like they had to squish that completely i think so yeah yes. and
2: i think that i think the way i look at it is the biggest social research project that's ever kind of been conducted. So if if you said to someone, you know, this many women in this neighborhood have a tendency to do this, okay, fine. Maybe you believe it, maybe you don't. But let's take that and go back 3,000 years and say people born under this and this and this placement tend to act like A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. And then you replicate that again, you know, tens of thousands, millions of times, and you have, you know, basically all the top minds of the ancient world reinforcing, 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 moving things, reinforcing, and each kind of having their traditions develop. So you have, you have Babylonian astrology or Western astrology. So everything you see in the West is Babylonian Iraqi hmm. astrology. Then you have Chinese. Mm-hmm. of course coming from China mm-hmm. yeah, and also- you, have, um, you have Vedic coming from India mm-hmm. all similar All there's some, I mean we can go into more detail if you're interested, but there are a little bit of a different conception of Jupiter or Saturn but this came from those observations mm-hmm. so over time as they're making these thousands of touch points and patterns and correlations that they're tracking mm-hmm. they're also assessing okay, is this true, is this not, is this true, is there's not and then over time you do see, you do see differences develop between Iran, between, between Mm -hmm. Iraq, between, um, between, um, India and China, you know, but they're not, I mean, they're still 80% similar. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I, I gear a little bit more towards the Western because there's less fatalism. So I, in, in that tradition, generally speaking, so I, I, um, Sure. I resonate more with that so we could will probably talk more about the western side but mm-hmm. so actually like research
3: stuff which is brings me to my next question which is about mercury retrograde so I feel like it's been kind of an explosion pop culture recently mm-hmm. actually you see so many memes about like when is
1: Blame the re- it on mercury br- yeah retrograde. just so much yeah. about guys, the re- yeah. I was on sh- shopping online and I saw a sweater saying Mercury is in retrograde. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> As your sweater. That's
2: awesome. And so, That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I don't want
1: that. So
3: I feel like it's this explosion, but it does seem like, at least for me, and you know, Dr. Lena is here. I know we've had discussions constant, about this. When, constant Whenever the months come, it does seem like all these things happen. That it's like it's Mercury retrograde. Yeah. So first of all. Can you talk about what actually Mercury retrograde is? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so basically when any planet, so all the planets go retrograde, it's just when when they're moving in their orbit, their orbit will sort of change, basically change in the speed of it spinning. So that's what you would call a retrograde. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, I mean, it causes a lot of disruption. So what I was saying before is, I mean, in my experience, you know, if you're in the developing world where where um, electricity is a little bit more fragile, you'll see things like fires, like what I saw, right? You'll see kind of, you know, fi- electrical fires, fires popping up in older buildings, this kind of stuff. But in the, I would say, the Western world, you see just disruptions in communication. Mercury rules communications um, in general, interpersonal communications, and it rules technology. And it rules um, the way communities and neighborhoods are organized. Um, and the reason why your short-term travel, like you'll notice you're like trying to get to work and suddenly there's a huge traffic jam and suddenly like anytime you're rushing that's when kind of mercury will hit you. So the general rule is don't rush like yeah I was gonna, really gonna ask you like I was, I was gonna
3: to a- ask you cause like I got in like literally three arguments in a row this week it was like uncanny yeah. and it was over <clears> text <throat> and it was crazy it was like bam one happened and then I like left and within a minute a friend called me and it was like bam another one and it really did feel like these energies are against me but like what do you do like you said if you're in traffic don't rush like yeah, what do you do? And also what is that about like these are these like miscommunications?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know what's interesting is again because Mercury rules communications when when it goes retrograde, just that energy, that energy that you would traditionally have of Mercury gets kind of pulled back. And in some ways, it's very positive. So so basically, revision. So all of the lessons of Mercury that you're kind of absorbing on like a day-to-day level, that energy of like fast communication, interpersonal, like basically kind of that energy that melds people together mm-hmm. is going to be pulled back. So um, like you said, you'll have these fights over text. Um, you'll say something and you'll swear like, Someone said something else. Mm -hmm. You'll hear, you'll mishear things. Like it's real. Yeah. Something (laughs) that I do. um, I used to think this is what's interesting. To to, one of the reasons I think to follow Mercury retrograde just in your own life is I used to think I was like a really ditzy person, right? Mm -hmm. Like I would think, oh, I'm a little scattered, or Mm -hmm. you know, I need to be careful about things. And then I realized when I followed Mercury retrograde. I'm actually not a Ditsy person hmm. when Mercury is, is functioning. <laughs> I feel it's the same when way, so maybe. Well, <laughs> no, Karina, i am talking about your phone this week. Yeah. Karina's
4: like...
3: Bit, Something's right. going on. My I phone keeps shutting that. down. Well, huh? my
4: sleep has been totally disrupted. Yes. Yeah, um. I mean, really weird things like just waking up at three in the morning and staying up all day, and then you know falling asleep at nine o'clock the next mm-hmm. night, and then waking up at you know five the next day. Uh-huh. It's oh been really weird. That's yeah.
2: that's that's yeah. Been so true in my uh, life right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would, be, I would say generally, like, um, I mean, that might be more of a new moon energy, because there was a really okay. strong new moon um, uh, two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and with yeah. that, you definitely, any any strong lunar transit, you get um, sleep disruption. So whether oh, yeah. it's a full moon or a new moon, you'll get a disruption. Oh, okay, so, oh, go on. So,
0: yeah, I have a question about, um, can events that happen during Mercury retrograde, can um, things go wrong that persist? precede them, like, for example, so my birthday was in Mercury Retrograde this year, and please, if you can avoid it, don't have a birthday in Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> it was literally like everything that could have gone wrong, yes. but in weird ways, but what the, everyone knows <coughs> that knows me, I'm a huge Mariah Carey fan, okay? Mariah Carey <laughs> and Lionel Richie had a concert. i um, hold it against you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since, since I was a little girl, Saturday, April 1st, okay, they had this concert planned. And while, um, in February, I got an email saying that um, the concert had been canceled. Yeah. But this was in February, I got the email that the concert was in cance- had been canceled, but that concert was sort of at the beginning, if I, if I am correct, of the Mercury retrograde. And it was then that, um, for me, the second I arrived in New York, because we, I went to New York anyway, uh-huh. um, everything went wrong. From um, starting with the, the cancellation of that concert to um, like the hotel that we stayed at, um, we had picked it because it had Turkish baths, and we're like, well, if we can't go to Mariah, then we'll just chill in the Turkish baths. Lo and behold, we get to the hotel, the Turkish baths are closed for renovation, you know. So it was like every single thing, and I'm not going to get into all the other things that went wrong, but I noticed that starting kind of in February things that were planned for
2: Mercury Retrograde were going wrong. No, Does no, that absolutely. make sense to you? Well, and that's why they generally say, like if you're an event planner, for example, they usually yeah. say, try to never schedule during Mercury Retrograde. And I uh, would extend it to the shadow period mm-hmm. because in my life, and this is where you need to watch the patterns so that mm-hmm. you can start assessing in your own life, like mm-hmm. how you interact with the planets. Cause this is really important. So like yeah. in general, cause each person's a little bit different for me. The shadow periods, which are the four or five days before Mercury retrograde and at the end, Mm -hmm. I think are the worst. So from, in my life, mm-hmm. the first, I'd say, four days plus like three days of mercury retrograde, this is when I have to be very careful professionally. Uh-huh. I have to be very careful So what travels. are those
1: dates specifically yeah. just for listening? Yes, yes, I want to know because I'm <laughs> to take a month vacation off of my husband, you know, for a little spa vacation where I don't interact with anybody. And so, you know, so I can preserve my life and my friendships and my yeah, exactly. marriage, basically. Yeah. So my life doesn't fall apart. Yes, yes.
2: What I would say with men, this is something that I've done is, is that I think because men and women struggle to communicate just in general you add mercury retrograde to it and it just becomes rife with misunderstanding and what I've noticed I think it affects men more than women because it's I find mercury retrograde is when the men freak out like like you, you send a text message and they're like, "What did you mean by that?" Like, blah, 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 oh blah, my god, blah. like should not have
1: access <laughs> to <laughs> <the> nuclear <laughs> yes. weapons During in this time. He should be like <laughs> sequestered from that area. Oh my god, we're, we're trying to avoid World War Three here. Seriously, okay, my god, yeah. yeah, North Korea. This
3: whole North Korea thing has been going on retrograde, and there's been a lot of, it seems like, nation
2: miscommunication. There's a lot. Basically, anything you're writing, what I would say again. Double check. So what I do, I'm a very heavy Mercury person. So first mm-hmm. of all, you have to know your chart. Know if you're heavy Mercury and look and see, you know, what is your strongest energy. And any chart, even the free ones will tell you. Mm. I'm I'm not a Gemini, but all of my planets are in the house of Mercury. So I'm third house. So if you're heavy third house, if you're a Gemini anything or Virgo anything, These are the two signs uh, that are ruled no. by Mercury. Oh, my, no. my children are all Virgos. Yes. There we That's go. my I mom mean, and my I sister are a- yes. both. Yes so and and so during this time period and definitely gemini's i find i think are more affected than virgos just because virgos i think are a little bit steadier in personality yeah Yeah. but gemini's um in particular and then like i said look when you look at the zodiac look look in the third house like the three Mm -hmm. and just see if you've got planets in there if you have any planets anything even if you don't understand what you're looking at if you see anything Mm -hmm. in that third house you're going to be heavily affected so like i said for me i'm not a gemini All my planets are in, or like 80% of my planets are in the house. So I'm going to be very affected. So I might be a little bit more paranoid than the average person, but that's because I've been slapped so many times by Mercury. And I work in the media, which again, ruled by Mercury. So all of my work is in the media. All of my work is in technology. I'm a heavy, heavy Mercury person in general. So I got to be super careful. So I double check. If I send an email in my normal non mercury retrograde state, I might glance at it like how many of us would. Just glance quickly, make sure there's no obvious typos. Now I have to like, tell myself, Maria, no. Stop. Read it again. And then I'll get through it. I'll go to push send. I'll say no. If it's an important email, mm-hmm. read it again. And I swear nine times out of 10, there's some weird word. And sometimes it's a word that's like it's, like, embarrassing. Like, instead of, you know, like, wait a sec, it'll be, like, wait a sex, yeah. which is someone, like, really important. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, I had, one time I had, like, a, I wrote, like, U-turn and it changed it to, like, urinal. Oh, yeah. gosh. So, it can gosh. really, like, mess, can really with mess with you if you're heavy, if you're heavy mercury. So, um, just double check your emails and don't take things... Try not to respond in an aggressive manner. Uh, I, I did not listen to that this morning. Yeah, like, just assume <laughs> that everyone's having problems oh, and, okay. that, and that everyone's running late, everyone's short-tempered. is remember, one of the problems why traffic now during Mercury Retrograde is so bad is because think about how reliant we are on our GPSs. Before, we weren't. Mm-hmm. Ubers, Lyfts, everything that's, re- that's using a GPS
4: mm-hmm.
2: is going to be a nightmare. Even here, I was an hour late... They dropped me off at the wrong place. They their GPS went down three times in the Uber. My phone has this been also oh the God. past
4: few days. My phone, it, today it wouldn't even charge. Everyone's batteries. Says that, right? So
2: batteries. Yeah. So again, because I work in the media, one of the ways that I <laughs> basically was won over to Mercury retrograde and to astrology was our batteries would die. It wouldn't matter how much we prepped for mm-hmm. video shoots, mm-hmm. we would. Our batteries were dead.
1: So I should feel very bad about calling AT and T and screaming at them <laughs> that my service has been absolutely out of whack for the past two Makes weeks. Makes perfect sense. Oh. Yeah, and this is so also retrograde. what airlines use retrograde. <laughs> retrograde. So yeah. is an what... excuse this for would everything. be like their standard answer. Oh, yeah, so exactly. retrograde. <laughs> okay, exactly. we'll, we'll
2: call you in two weeks. Yeah. So yeah. Somebody
3: else was complaining about their cable. It, like it really is real. Yeah. So cable.
2: Think... Anything Sorry. technology. So yeah. if you think of um, energy that moves through yeah. anything. That's Mercury. So Mm -hmm. think about communication, right? Yeah. It's energy going between two people. Yeah. Your phone, your battery. It's energy going between your phone Mm. and your battery, which is why
0: (coughs) I mean I'm a couples therapist mostly. Mm. So I mean this is like really fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Just thinking about even in person communication with a couple. But I think one question that everybody kind of wants to know is so what do you do in Mercury Retrograde? Do you avoid things or can you live your life as you know a regular person and do things as you would normally do? What's your advice on I that? I
2: think you, you can. I just think you need to be aware. So, I mean, one thing I'll tell you is I'm hyper aware because I've been slapped so many times mm-hmm. and I still have problems. Like today, I was... 45 minutes late. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a classic example. Yeah. And I planned ahead. Thankfully, everyone else ride. was late on this podcast, <laughs> full disclosure.
1: And I'm never late. That's true. Oh, I So, never so late. Late. it's the retrograde. You're yeah. George yeah. Shannon, the person who's always late, you're George Shannon. She was shadow, the earliest. Yes, I was on time. <laughs> <There> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's the retrograde. The
3: swamp is in retrograde. But anyway, don't worry, Maria. Like, everyone was late. So. But it's the great retrograde, I
4: guess. But it
2: shows you, right? So even Maria like. Maria texted mm-hmm. me 45 minutes before telling me she was. Hopping in a Uber. Yes. Yeah. I, just, well. I try. This the thing is, is I make an effort to really try because I know what can like happen if I don't. So I I really make an effort, and I would say that seventy percent of the time you're good. <laughs> so for example, I had like three meetings back to back. Okay. So so shortlist. Don't ha- don't try not to overschedule yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you do give yourself buff, like huge buffers. So if you think that you can get somewhere in a half an hour, give yourself an hour mm-hmm. and then bring a book with you, plan your smartphone. Like Mercury retrograde is the time for revision of anything. If you're working on a screenplay, revise it while you wait for your next meeting, give yourself time, give yourself a buffer, mm-hmm. um, leave everything e- like early do not do the like even if you like if you have children for example, and you have your morning yeah. routine. Yeah. Do not do that the frantic any anytime you rush during Mercury mm-hmm. retrograde. Mercury slaps you. I wish I had known that before I came here. Do not That was my whole thing, yeah. trying to
0: get here with my children. Well,
2: and this is the thing, yeah, right? Because them. Well, it's kind of a fascinating yeah. energy because Mercury, so basically again, when a planet goes retrograde, it's the opposite lesson you'd normally have. So Mercury is fast moving, right? Mm. If you're a Gemini personality, you speak fast, you move fast, you talk fast, right? Mercury people, they think fast, they have problems controlling their thoughts. This is why meditation is usually recommended. Mm-hmm. Retrograde is the opposite. So, what does Mercury value? What's the lesson of Mercury during retrograde? It's to slow down. Mm-hmm. So instead of move quick, so the normal the normal message of Mercury is move so quick, communicate quickly. Then slow down. Slow down. Just be in the moment. Review. <sighs> review. Don't start new things. Mm-hmm. Don't rush. Don't react, I think you said as well. Don't react. With communication. Mm-hmm. Don't react. Don't and if you think of you. a Gemini personality, if mm-hmm. anyone knows Geminis, mm-hmm. they blurt I know
4: Geminis. They're blurters. <laughs> <laughs> any Mercury oh, yeah, person, yeah.
2: any Mercury person blurts. What is Gemini? What are the months? It's um, May. Yeah. <gasps> It's all yeah. And and my yeah.
4: mom and sister. Yeah. yeah they, in 2016,
0: were was Mercury in retrograde in November? Uh,
2: I'd have November. to go back and look. Okay. But, I was but it, wondering it's how quite... it
0: affected the um the election and the events leading up to the election.
2: The... Yeah, no, it was. I wasn't. It wasn't in retrograde during the it election, if okay. I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I could double check on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. What What's your general advice for so for. First for single ladies out there
2: who are dating. In know, the retrograde or just in general? Uh, yeah, during retrograde. the retrograde. And then
4: also for couples.
2: Okay, so, so what's interesting about this last period is that Venus was retrograde for part of Mercury retrograde. So one of the lessons of Venus retrograde is you're not supposed to meet anyone new, mm. but you'll have these flings. So that's what's fascinating, right? Mm. It all makes it's this fascinating thing. <laughs> so if you, have you had those situations where one of your friends is like has like a one or two month affair, and then they're like. What was I thinking? Like, literally the next All day. All the time. The time. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Yeah. But if you so went, if you went <laughs> back, I would challenge you, go back <laughs> and check the time if Venus was in retrograde. Because during those times, it's really yeah. fascinating. So I've done this in my life, like, gone back. And it's hilarious because, like, the day that Venus goes direct, you'll literally be so like... Someone a guy. You'll wake up <laughs> and be like, what was I thinking? I mean, literally. Uh. Like, it... Or the only See, exception when is you this hear is stuff
3: like this, life makes a little bit more right. sense right. to be. Honest. I know Soap life, so, sir, because, because, because honestly, uh, it's so hard on
2: exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So hard you. Exactly, because sometimes you do
3: literally wake <laughs> up and think, "What the? F- was I doing? What the?" F- was I was yeah. I on crack? Like I don't know. And now it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like now it all makes sense.
2: Exactly. It's like this veil of illusion is somehow like removed. I even had friends whose husbands like were like literally like on the verge of affairs or were having affairs oh during Venus retrograde, and they would ask me like what to do, and I would say, you know, wait. Like like what do you want? Like in the if both of the both of these people I'm thinking of, their their answer was I want to stay in the relationship, and I was like, if you want to stay in the relationship. Wait. Wait. You know, I'm until Venus two... is out, and see if they don't come back to you. And they both, both times, Venus went out. Two days later, and the men were back.
4: Well, I heard this week, mm-hmm. two from two different people, told me they were getting divorced. That the other person was leaving.
2: Me one. too
3: it happens yeah. so, and different if you could see like, Lena's like, facial expression it's no,
4: very strange no, I feel she what's going so hopefully I hope yeah. those couples will oh my gosh. work it out if my husband comes
1: <laughs> to me and says something I'll be like not, not listening not, to no, that. not, not not happening yeah. Can I exactly. switch
3: gears really quick? Because I want to ask about the new moon. Yeah. Now I, this is actually the first I've heard of the new moon. And apparently on August 26, two days ago, uh, sorry, April 26, two days ago, the new moon went direct in Taurus. Mm-hmm. And that means a whole thing for energy and life as well. So can you talk about what happens when the moons go direct?
2: Yeah, so, so um, I think what I would encourage, um, especially for the women, is, is make sure to track your lunar cycles. And obviously this is linked, you know, to your period and demonstration and all of this as well, so it's important to track it. But it's also important to just understand sort of patterns in your life. So new moons, you start things. Full moons, you end things. So what I've done even in business Is I I plan around these cycles. Um, Typically, yeah. So um, like in a business environment, I do I start like again. I start things in a new moon. So right now this week is crazy. I'm starting. I'm submitting proposals. I'm you know opening new contacts. I'm going to events with people that I've I've never met before. Um, You know, it sounds like almost the opposite of the retrograde. It is. So there's a lot of complex energy right now. I mean, right now you have Venus, Um, Venus is still, Venus was retrograde for basically the last almost two months. Mm -hmm. So Venus is coming out. So Venus is about half strength now, which is why, again, you're seeing relationships start to, like as soon as, as soon as Venus slows down or starts, you'll see an end or a beginning of new relationships. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see typically flings, especially karmic flings during the actual retrograde. And then sometimes you'll see these crazy twin flame situations, like soulmates come in. You know, so Venus retrograde can be a little bit complicated because typically they say it's usually, you know, nine times out of ten it's a fling. One time mm-hmm. out of ten, it's really like a karmic soulmate situation, mm-hmm. but it's it's much more rare. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have Mercury retrograde, then you have the new moon on the 26th, so you have a lot of complexity, um, kind of all coming together at the same time and. And with, um, with the new moon, so basically, like I said, you start, you, just general rules, start on a new moon, end on a full moon. Um, full moons are, you'll notice in an office. So so basically in an office environment, it, it's not, because it's this new sort of model of, I would say like almost like a masculine workplace. So they, and you know, and the lunar energy is very feminine, right? Sun is male, you know, um, you know, lunar is female in an office environment you have men sort of defining the culture. So a lot of times the, the way that they do planning changes. You know, like it's, well, it's it it's not it's basically opposite to what we see in the in the lunar cycle, right? So if you have people in the office that are more tuned, you'll notice that people will start planning during this phase. You might notice this already in your life. You're doing new stuff this week because it's a new moon. Yeah. Full moon you're culminating. If you notice people grumbling in an office, like why are we having this meeting when we should be doing this? Mm-hmm this is really important information because a lot of times it's this not being in tune with these cycles and you can, you can transform an office. I've seen it so many times. If you just plan on a new moon, conclude on a full moon, seriously. Like all, all I did with a few of my clients is you just do a a strategy meeting Mm -hmm. to conclude projects on a full moon. And again, you do a strategy meeting to create projects. So all you have to do two meetings and you will see a change in corporate culture. It's quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
3: So yeah. I have a final question, and then we have to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, I read something, and it was somebody who was kind of anti all this. And he was saying, it means that you don't really have control. Like, all these things are ruling you, and you mm-hmm. don't really have control. What would be your response to that? Like, Because it sounds like very almost complicated when you're listening to it. On the new moon, on the old moon, and then this is happening. What would you say about personal kind of I don't know if control is the right word, but basically it, oh, this cr- critic was saying you're pawning off responsibility onto the atm-
2: Yeah, was, no, absolutely. Atm- I mean, share. what I would say to them is, would they say to a farmer, you know, don't plant mm-hmm. on a new moon, which is mm-hmm. what farmers have been doing forever. Interesting, interesting So, I mean, oh, you know, there yeah. are natural cycles that happen mm-hmm. and you can either move against them. Like if you're a farmer and you decide to not abide by thousands of years of agricultural knowledge, okay. which is tied, absolutely to the planetary movements, we know absolutely. that it's established scientific fact, mm-hmm. then you would be a pretty stupid farmer. I mean, let's be mm-hmm. honest, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to grow anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I think just it can make you more self-aware if, if you're able to look at these cycles mm-hmm. and just understand more how you operate within kind of the greater planet. And I think it gives you more compassion. Like today, absolutely. I seriously wanted to give this Uber driver one star and it was only my knowledge of Mercury retrograde That made me have much more compassion for her because I I can't imagine being like an Uber driver dealing with the GPS. (laughs) Dealing with the GPS, Mm -hmm. everyone screaming at her all day long, everyone gets testy during Retrograde. Mm And I was like, okay, even though I had a bad experience, I'll give you five stars. And
1: you know what? Anything that makes us kinder people there we go. is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, like, and I feel also this is such a male-dominated culture. Mm. These, This science of astrology is a very much a female, intuition-led, mm. earth-bound kind of thing yeah. that... Throughout history, that I've seen being squashed, like they would say, you know, that you have the fertility goddess or the goddess of the, you know, of war or, or goddess of all of these things, and they've routinely been squashed by like these patriarchal no, you know, we must. Have, so I feel like it's it's all connected. I so, so
3: Mercury retrograde is feminist.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, also, that's a good, I mean yeah. It's, it's right. It's
3: right, it's yeah, right well yeah well also it is good to also to say that self awareness piece. That's really key too, because yeah. I think that's what we're all trying to achieve. So it's yeah. not so much about giving up control as being aware and yes. self aware.
4: Yeah, and any yeah, anything. and slowing down
0: and slowing we all down. need to slow down in our lives. So I think there if you can look at the positive frame of that yeah. yes. is that what a beautiful opportunity
2: to be able to just kind of be zen and slow yeah. down and just and be nice. in the present. It's be the, the time of vision, and that's why people yeah. are having all these feelings. You mm-hmm. might be noticing your old lovers come back, old emotional issues pop up, you can have weird dreams. God, I'd love it if my old lovers come back. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: now, look at me now, Betty. Look at you now. Look at, look at me now. <laughs>
4: Amen. I think
3: it's a good place to end Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Maria, for joining us. That was super interesting. Again, like us on Facebook. Go to theswamp.com. We love to hear your feedback. So awesome. Thanks again, Maria. Mm -hmm. We're back with Dr. Lena and, of course, my co-host, Karina. And And our mystery guest. Our mystery Georgetown guest who literally just read an explosive headline.
1: Y'all, this is so funny. (laughs) This is like, I I, I want to be happy about this and 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 like really go at it but i just i had rich millennials paid thousands for ja Rules fry fest and now are stranded on an island is in disaster relief tents i mean what? that's Carmel? like a south
3: park episode yeah. I, I swear to god oh here so okay.
1: maria our astrologist
3: is still here she says that's mercury retrograde there's a video oh <laughs> but honestly that sounds like a South Park episode like they paid all that money to see Jabra wait what was well
1: it? it's, it's supposed to be like the most luxurious music <laughs> festival ever I <laughs> kid you or not an ultra exclusive exclusive parties like for yeah, two weeks and a private island in the Bahamas, basically <laughs> with private jets built into the extravagant ticket price Why and then this that? includes the video. Kendall Jenner and Bella Hadid yeah. Um,
3: they're
0: all like, they're all Wait, Kendall there.
1: and Bella had to eat our
0: video, promotional video. <laughs> around see Bella. I'm sure Kendall and Bella got out of there. They're
3: that really is like a South Park episode. It really is.
0: <laughs> well. Two transformative weekends.
3: Hashtag pray for the music. What is the music right. festival called?
1: Fry Fire. Fry Fest.
3: Hashtag pray for Five Fry Fest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the new
3: back. social fire justice
0: festival. F Y R E Fire Festival. They call it Lord of the Flies for Millennials. Fire Lord of the Flies
3: for, oh my the Flies for
1: <laughs> That is ridiculous. And now I want in. That's yeah. so weird. <laughs> Next year I might be coming And You're gonna go. Fun
4: anyways, right? We would have been like. I mean, yeah. it would have been an experience. Yeah.
3: I feel like at first you'd be like, "This isn't fun," and then maybe you'd adopt. And well, like, I, I
4: heard the food was really bad. I read an, an article also. Uh-huh. I heard they were promised like chef pop, you know, pop ups with like you know, like Nobu uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, like a pop up. Instead, it was like they were getting like cheese sandwiches and like styrofoam. Um, you know, little
1: thought. Oh my God! This is the biggest no. I think offense of the whole thing. <laughs> um, beginning in early Thursday, many of the advertised private jets, which turned out to be charter commercial planes <laughs> departing from airports like LaGuardia and Miami International, <laughs> how offensive! You're expecting champagne on a private jet, and then you go on a commercial plane. Oh <laughs> my God! A travesty.
3: Airport. Pray for the fire festival, <laughs> <Hashtag>. honestly. <laughs> We're keeping.
4: You guys in Fairs our thoughts. Totally <laughs> keeping Fairs you up. in our
3: thoughts. Cool. Well, we have Dr. Lena here, so um, we want to talk to Dr. Lena about this mm-hmm. this um, articles a few articles that I've, you know, one of them was in Psychology Today, the other was in U.S. News and World Report, um, and they're about Donald Trump. Um, Sorry. So yeah, so one of the articles is from Psychology Today. It's Shrink's Battle Over Diagnosing Trump. So mm-hmm. it's basically this issue, just to set the scene a little, um, 18,000 mental health professionals from various branches of the procession signed a letter that deemed Trump has a serious mental illness and that renders him psychologically incapable of con- competently discharging the duties of the president.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so there's a, there's a few issues <laughs> intertwined in this, but first of all, um, you know, there's, they brought out in this article, like, you know, can any public figure like Donald Trump be deemed to have a mental illness even based on specific, well-publicized criteria refre- reflecting observable behavior? So like, yeah, can, mm-hmm. can, you know, can this even be a diagnosis? We just have this public behavior from him. So what are your thoughts on this as Absolutely a therapist? Absolutely not. No, no. As a therapist, I mean...
0: I, I think it's highly unethical to diagnose somebody that you've never met, especially somebody who has a public persona uh, without revealing too much. You know, um, Having lived in New York and DC, I've actually met a lot of people who either know him or have met him. And there's different accounts as to how he may be personally versus his public persona. Um, But there is there is a lot of controversy just as being a therapist and having treated so many people That often what you get um, in the real world is very different than what you get in the treatment
3: room, right?
0: And so you really it's like a medical doctor, right? Um, Would you be comfortable with a medical doctor diagnosing you if they've never met you never seen you never checked you out?
3: Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. so there's this thing called the Goldwater Rule. Can you tell us what that Goldwater Rule is?
0: Yes, yeah, so, um, so this is where all the controversy is really coming <coughs> from, is that uh, the Goldwater Rule was actually um, the 19 I think 1963 or 1964 presidential election. You had Senator Barry Goldwater running for president. And you had a group of psychiatrists get together. And I think for some magazine, I think it was called Fact or something like that. That they got together and said, you know, basically diagnosed him and said that he was unfit to be president. Um, He he did lose, and later on, he actually sued and won a defamation case. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the um, people from that had learned their lesson, and somewhere around 1973 or 1974, they devised this Goldwater Rule, which is basically um, there's many different reasons. I actually can read some of them as to why they still believe that. there was actually an article that just came out about why the Goldwater Rule is still relevant today and how, as therapists, we should all um, continue to support it. So the article is, the APA, which is the American Psychiatric Association, remains committed to supporting the Goldwater Rule. And this, is, this was just written, so the date of it is March 16th, 2017. Um, so they, they offer three main points about the rationale for upholding the Goldwater rule. So when a psychiatrist comments about the behavior, symptoms, or diagnosis of a public figure without consent, that psychiatrist has violated the principle
3: that psychiatric evaluations be conducted with consent or authorization. So I'm just going to stop you right there really quick. So going back to these 18,000 mental health professionals that clearly violated this rule, like, what do you think is going on there?
0: Well, that's a really good question. So what they're saying is why they're breaking this important rule is the duty to warn. So as a therapist, um, you're supposed to give an informed consent when you meet someone. And the most important thing about a therapeutic relationship is the confidentiality. We take this absolutely at the highest level of seriousness in the profession. You can't really treat someone without having a confidentiality clause so um, but we are required to tell people that in order um, for us to break confidentiality there's there's a few reasons one is the person threatens homicide or suicide and two um, if they report (coughs) abuse of a child or an elderly person however if say Karina came to me and she was like I'm being beaten by you know Mr X. Mr. Um, X
3: too.
0: <laughs> Mr, X. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> X I actually would not I would have to uphold confidentiality. So there's you know, it's I always found that to be interesting because so she's it's a, a f- grown woman. Um, but so, it but if it's a child or an elderly person being beaten or abused, oh I have to report that to CPS or something else. But um I don't know if you're interested in hearing more about the Tarasoff rule, which is why um,
3: so, due, yeah, duty to, to warn. So to war, doc, yeah. This is coming about because of duty to warn, which is Tarasov. Right, a right. Media. So, so
0: talk, we, you know. that's, a, that's a long, long case. But basically, there was a, a woman named Tatiana Tarasov, and she was going to one of the UC schools, and she met this guy um, at one of the international student house. You know, it was like a folk dancing class. And um, they dated for a few dates, and then she decided she didn't want to date him anymore. He began to stalk her. He began having delusions and other things, and he confided to his therapist that he wanted to kill her. The therapist actually did um, tell the police, and the police then did sort of their own investigation and then were kind of like, OK, he's clear. The therapist's supervisor said, destroy all your notes. Now, Tatiana Tarasov and her family were never informed that he, the police were, but the family wasn't. Tatiana Tarasov goes away for the summer and I guess at some point, the guy who was stalking her ended up being roommates with her brother. She came home and he chased her down with a knife and killed her, mm-hmm. in which her family um, then, you know, fought this fought for this rule. That is basically that you know, maybe her life could have been saved had the therapist actually warned also the family and um, not just the police and taken this more seriously. So basically, if you're tying it to the Trump thing, these 18,000 professionals are saying that, they're citing this duty to warn that they think he is a threat
4: mm. to okay, mass and so, and amounts so of people. Okay, and how much of, of that could you say? You know, looking at it objectively, how much of that is po- just political? Do you think that you know it's these therapists? Yeah. Because we're we're none of us are really objective individuals. Right. We all
0: have. It's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that because I did <laughs> I did want to talk about that. Um, As a therapist, you have to be as objective and unbiased as possible, but therapists are human beings, Mm. and believe me, in my profession, therapists have strong political opinions because I've heard a lot of them. Now, I'm actually, I think, a good person to talk to because I actually don't identify as a Democrat or a Republican, and so I'm kind of, at this point, looking on the outside, and I would say that... My my first thought was, do these people have sort of their own political agenda that mm-hmm. the people that have really come out strongly um, for mm-hmm. this, is this based on some of their own political feelings that's kind of shaping this? And I can't answer that for them, but I wonder if they have taken time to sort of reflect upon, um, would I be diagnosing this person if it was somebody else? Or do I have this sort of strong hatred because it's Trump and this has been probably the most divisive election many of us have seen in our lifetimes.
3: So, yeah, I mean, just touching on that, like, with this duty to warn, and it's like, Mm because he has the potential to be a threat to people. Well, we've had, you know, presidents across the political spectrum, and they've all been involved in wars, in (laughs) pulling the trigger that led to death. Mm -hmm. So how do they distinguish that? Like, you know, Obama was dropping drones so yeah, exactly. where's the duty to warn there That's
0: another excellent question and another great point to think about is that every single president pretty much that we know in history has um killed somebody indirectly indirectly mm-hmm. yeah. and um yeah looking at obama you know you can say well look at how many people that he has killed indirectly either, either by drones by supporting the saudi war on yemen um by aiding Israel and, you know, many of the Palestinians that have died. I mean, is Trump that much different at this point? I mean, you know, I think a lot of people are very worried about nuclear war. And um, yeah. I think that is something that maybe these therapists are speaking of is that we're afraid of this sort of nuclear war. Mm-hmm. But you never you never used your duty to warn for other presidents that have yeah, really people, hurt people. Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. And I think people, what they use to point out is 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 the way that Trump makes decisions? Like for example, they like to say that Obama, when he was making decision, he was consulting, he was you know taking into account many factors that you know mm-hmm. were happening at the time and all mm-hmm. these things. It's it's I think people when they like to diagnose, they mm-hmm. were looking at the, his decision making process. Mm-hmm. For example, um, there are people, there's staff in Trump's office mm-hmm. that um, were saying the reason why Trump decided to strike, go into Yemen and, mm-hmm. and perform this mission where a Marine, U.S. Marine died mm-hmm. and about like 20 people, civilians died right. in that raid, right. um, was that somebody came to him and told him Obama would have never done that. Mm-hmm. And so he felt compelled to mm-hmm. go and do that. Mm-hmm. Just, so it's, it's an eager thing. Or when he mm-hmm. was striking, um, where was it, Iraq or, or Afghanistan? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I was eating the most delicious piece of cake <sighs> while I made that decision. Chocolate cake, actually, mm-hmm. which I mean, I know chocolate cake can be heavenly. I know, you yeah. know, but you just don't, exactly you just, it just exactly How do you like? How yeah. do you? So the, I think people were pointing to that mostly. Yeah. Well. Okay. So mm-hmm. I again, sort of, have this quote again from the Psychology Today
3: article, mm-hmm. um, and it's from a therapist, and he says, "I specialize in nar- narcissists." Many effective leaders are narcissists. Mm-hmm. Diagnosis is not a cudgel to be tossed around in anger, and in fact, he believes that doing so is a disservice to the field. The DSM, which is what does the DSM stand for again? Uh, the diag- diagnostic Diagnostics Man- manual yeah. is meant to guide treatment and referrals, and it loses value when it's applied to diagnosis at a distance. So that's an interesting thing too. He's saying. Mm-hmm. He specializes in narcissists. Many effective leaders are narcissists. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, it shouldn't be also bandied about. So there's a few things going on there. But Mm -hmm. first, can we talk about effective leaders being narcissists? Yes. Because we always hear about narcissism being this Mm -hmm. really negative trait.
0: Yes. And I mean, I think, too, you're going to see you see high uh, concentrations of narcissists in certain areas and cities. Like we see L.A., D.C., New York, for example. You see high concentrations of narcissism in Hollywood. I what about
4: Miami? Yes, there, <laughs> Miami. too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Wait, so, I mean,
0: looking that I actually worked in the entertainment industry um, and I've worked, you know, and I've met a lot of famous actors and actresses. And, <laughs> you see extremely high levels of of narcissism and this is not me diagnosing them this is just actually saying the traits that you see yeah so quickly what
3: are narc? define narcissism and yeah okay so there's
0: um narcissism and then there's narcissistic personality disorder narcissistic personality disorder they say roughly maybe 10 percent of the population might have it uh, maybe even less it's quite rare but it's, um, there's diagnostic criteria. And actually, what they're diagnosing Trump with is malignant, malignant narcissism, yeah. which is a whole other level of narcissism. So it's worse? It's a combination of antisocial personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, paranoid personality oh, disorder, wow. and then other traits added to So that. in
4: that. So in that situation, that visual of him mm-hmm. eating the chocolate cake and talking about bombing mm-hmm. a country, mm-hmm. do you, so you see that... Yeah, I mean,
0: for sure, you're going to see, especially if you look at if you look at Trump's Twitter, for example, you could probably check almost every. So Box check a few of list. like which
3: boxes, for instance.
0: So um, irritability and aggressiveness, <laughs> impulsivity, failure to plan ahead, um, failure to conform to social norms, deceitfulness, um, which could
3: you know say repeated lying. So let's quickly cr- <coughs> just those ones you pointed out: impulsiveness, irritability. Mm-hmm. Da-da-da. Again, how much though is that the Trump show, right. and how much is that? Well, if you don't know him and you man. haven't
0: treated him, and he's not sitting in your office, and maybe. Telling you uh, maybe, you know, about his life with his alcoholic father. And you know what I mean? You see these such different sort of facets of people when you sit with them in the office versus just looking at a, a Twitter platform. So again, that's, that's where the sort of ethics issue comes into piece is that would you say you were a public figure, <coughs> um, would you want psychiatrists or psychologists diagnosing
3: well, I mean, again, it's more just like how much of that is his political show and how much is that to be diagnosed. And then, again, talking about deceitfulness, mm-hmm. I mean, politicians, that's kind of something. Right. I mean, that's, it's,
4: it right. seems, you could, yeah, it's, it's so vague and you could Say that stretch about it, it yeah. and make the mm-hmm. argument for pretty much anybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, well, the narcissistic personality disorder is probably, and it's called cluster B, where you have all of these personality disorders. Clusters is probably the most common and the one people talk about most. Um, But that, what I was reading from was the antisocial part. So the narcissistic one, this is the one I think people really hear Trump and they think of Trump, is the grandiose sense of Mm self-importance, exaggerating of the achievements and Mm -hmm. talents, expects to be recognized as superior without commensurate achievements, preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty or love, believes that he is special and unique and can only be understood or associate with other special or high status people, requires excessive admiration, has a sense of entitlement, interpersonally exploitative, lacks empathy. So When you look at narcissism versus narcissistic personality disorder, I would say like just a hallmark feature of narcissism and say we have a spectrum of it is a lack of empathy. Um, So somebody who doesn't really empathize with people at all, you can see that. Someone who's manipulative, Mm -hmm. um, somebody who has sort of lack of remorse for things is very narcissistic. So, But that doesn't mean you have narcissistic personality disorder if you have some traits of narcissism Mm -hmm. as well. So
3: Well, I have another quote that I found really interesting. Um, <laughs> some of the hypomanic characteristics um, that Trump possesses are also paradoxically the very qualities that quote unquote made America great. The psychotherapist Gartner says, the creativity, confidence, and out of the box thinking it is driven it is what driven the nation's most successful entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's an interesting thing too. like, how many of these traits that are often considered narcissistic or whatever, and then but he's saying it's what has made people yeah yeah it just
1: it sounds like this person is confusing two things: confidence mm-hmm. and go getting with mm-hmm. narcissism because I mean for you to be confident about like starting a business and starting industry and being a leader in it doesn't mean i mean narcissism to me, and from what I read in s- several definitions is somebody that's just completely enveloped in their own selves and it's all about them and it's all about, you know, self-love and self, like me, 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 as opposed to like being an industry, for example, leader or success, you you are a community-minded person. It's, yeah. uh, to some level, to some extent.
3: But I'm wondering, too, are yeah. there American qualities that led to Trump? Because I feel like some people are like, Trump, an aberration, and mm-hmm. he's not how our other presidents and other people say, no, he's American as apple pie, the yeah. way he's acting. Mm-hmm. So you talk about how our culture has kind of cultivated Donald Trump in a way? or mm-hmm. I mean, you could talk about the culture of sort of this
0: reality TV, Kardashian yeah. culture, yeah. In which a lot of people talked about you know, during the election, is that um he is a reality show but we're a product now of reality tv. Of reality TV. tv, absolutely. And that that's kind of what I think our culture has become as a show and you know even just in the media. I think Maria may be able to speak to this a little bit too is that everything is driven by ratings. And so, you know, this is what we are now is that mm-hmm. who gets hits? Kendall Jenner, Kylie Jenner, what are they getting <laughs> hits for, you know, taking selfies? And so there is a lot of concern, actually, in the the field of psychology that we are raising, you know, a lot of narcissists, because like this is what you're you're rewarded for beauty and likes. Yeah. And also we're looking at um, some of the brain studies about like what likes on Facebook or Instagram do to the brain mm-hmm. and how it becomes actually quite addictive for these young people is that they're, you know, getting likes and affirmation for their self-esteem based on their looks and very shallow things you could say trump is kind of a Mm -hmm. extension of that culture culture, which is now american
2: culture since his ratings are so low right now i'm sure he's might be having yeah a
0: narcissistic
2: (laughs) rage
0: actually that's the narcissistic rage is probably the thing i found most interesting um is that when the narcissist has a narcissistic injury, which is a perceived injury by the way, it's not necessarily, so you you may say something, it could be a totally benign comment, but the narcissist will perceive it as the greatest insult ever. The impulsivity part comes out and that's why you may have seen his tweets at three in the morning of like, raging against, you know, Obama or Crooked Hillary or Crazy Bernie or whoever he was kind of attacking at the moment. Poor Arnold. Yeah,
3: Arnold was, the Schwarzenegger was an example. But where do you draw the line? Because I feel like there are some times when you're like, I get where he's coming from. Like, Mm -hmm. CNN does hate him. Do you know what I'm saying? So there are
4: times... Or or call me cynical. I mean, think about what Kanye does. Kanye does it, obviously, Mm -hmm. to get attention on Twitter. I mean...
1: But well, Connie's an you entertainer. Know. Like he's yeah. that's he's I mean yeah. Donald Trump is an entertainer too, he yeah. was, but Connie's not like doesn't yeah. have the code to yeah. nuclear weapons. <laughs> I think if
0: Donald right. can't separate the fact that he's an entertainer. Like yes. he can't he's merged the two roles. Right. And even there was an article that came out in Reuters saying that he was saying that he was surprised at how hard the job was and he, how yes. he missed driving a car and sort of all this stuff, and <laughs> it's kind of laughable in a way because he had no sort of clue that you you being a reality star and a businessman because well, they the don't same, come from this present. world they yeah. don't
4: come from the swamp and i, I guess yeah i was just saying yeah. if, if we go back to the
2: chocolate cake issue yeah. Yeah. i'd be <laughs> curious from like a therapeutic perspective mm-hmm. i mean when i was listening to him talk about the chocolate cake yeah. and how how like how wonderful it wasn't describing mm-hmm. it while well, they're asking him about Syria, mm. and he like isn't talking about Syria, he's talking about the cake, yeah. and it was so creepy. And the only person that popped into my mind, and I'd love to know your thoughts mm. on this, is Gaddafi. Mm. It's the only other politician mm, I've ever seen publicly, mm-hmm. to, like like in in Arab League meetings, you know, Gaddafi would sit and talk about his tea. Yeah, they would say, you know, mm. you know the you know whatever the Grand Leader of Libya, what do you have to say about mm-hmm. Israel Palestine? And mm-hmm. he would sit there for a minute and talk mm-hmm. about his tea. And it was like... And of course, he was a famous... He was Mm -hmm. famous for being bipolar or for something else. So, I mean, it does what does that mean? Because if, if someone's saying, mm. tell me about your bombing of Syria, yeah. you and, you, and you talk about yeah. chocolate cake, what yeah. does that
0: mean? Yeah. Elements mm-hmm. of denial, elements Sorry. of having to remove yourself emotionally from what that means, you know, mm-hmm. of having to be in that position. And, you know, it's sort of, a, it's almost like a distraction or, an, you know, changing the topic
2: or just a, a real removal. Is it from... like control? Is it a control issue? Like you have to wait, every, like everyone has mm-hmm. to wait until you're done describing your case, It
0: could be, yeah. And that's or you're another good like, yeah. interpretation. I uh, that's another good know. interpretation. It, yeah. But I think to, ta- to tie it back to Marcela's Marcella's question was, is maybe there is some truth, actually, to what he's saying. But CNN <laughs> really is going after him. Mm-hmm. Um, people are complex, right? So mm-hmm. when people ask me a question, why do you think he's doing that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There could be a million reasons. But the-, the one thing I would like everybody to take away is that nothing is black and white. No human being is black and white. Human beings are very, very complex. The psychology of humans is so complex, you know. So to, we can't ever say, "Well, he was—he said that about chocolate cake because," you know. But um, just as much as we can't say that everything he says is out there, there can't be validity to some things that he says as well, even if he's, for lack of a better term, being batshit crazy about it. Does that mean that he's? that everything he says is invalid and no i think that's where we have to be we have to take sort of our personal feelings aside for him if we hate him and we loathe him we still have to be able to say well not everything he says and does is going to be a complete lie complete completely false there's going to be some validity and some truth in there too just as he's i don't think he's necessarily a completely evil human being, I think it's more complicated than that.
3: Why is it that there are so many narcissists, then, that are in positions of power, or, like you mm-hmm. said, in these cities, these, like, L.A., D.C., Miami, like, mm-hmm. kind of, what? what yeah. is it that...
0: My simplest answer for that is those are the people that want that. Yeah. So, um, you know, you could take a look at, you know, people in this room, I don't know if anyone here is on a quest to be the next Kanye West. <laughs> How did you know? But, I mean, I have, for example, I have Georgetown neighbor here who doesn't want to mystery, be identified, yes. right? Yeah. And
1: there's like this there's yes. a something But of that's a, because I like that aura and the mystery <laughs> and you're like People want to find out all about yeah. me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wrap, but you're not wrap. seeking yeah. these, you know, you're no. not like
0: seeking these positions of like wanting to be famous or wanting to have power. I think yes. there's people who crave those things, seek those type of mm-hmm. jobs. And so I think that's why I you have you a can, high concentration. You have to be somewhat narcissistic to want to be president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not a regular person. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be able to put up with that kind of do scrutiny. You think, do you that, think
1: you, you would be also, can you create a narcissist? I mean, if yeah. enough people keep telling you you're wonderful, you're mm-hmm. beautiful, oh my God, yeah. you're, and then it suddenly becomes all about yeah. you and all, everything <laughs> that's about that's you. A great and if question. it's not about yeah. you, mm-hmm. then you go, you'll go crazy a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And personality disorders are actually, they're not something you're born with. So this is, um, so you have to look at the DSM where we have mood disorders, which are bipolar, schizophrenia, post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm -hmm. major depression, generalized anxiety, all of these things can be chemical imbalance or can, you know, um, are actual mood disorders where you can take medication. Now, personality disorder, which is a totally different section of the DSM, is actually, a flaw within your personality and they're known to be the hardest things to treat because your personality and your brain becomes fixed at the age of 30 So there's really no malleability after that oh, wow. Wow. But the origins of narcissism there's two theories about how narcissistic personality disorder develops um, one of them is the one you mentioned where you sort of have the over-aberration as a child and you're told um, you can look at sort of are looking at sort of entitlement, right? Is mm-hmm. that these, um, you could look at, what was that, Brock Turner rape case? You know, a lot of people were sort of, um, right, yes, talking a lot about this sort of white privileged, entitled yeah. boy who, you know, can do whatever he wants, you, you know, that maybe, and even his parents He was kind a student of, athlete. Right? right, and then I yeah. think the reaction of his parents too about it, there was like Mm-hmm. You know, little accountability. You, yeah, yeah, like you could sort of like tell, you this is no my wrong. son, he could do no wrong, right? Yeah, so there's And
4: then there was the UVA, remember the UVA lacrosse?
0: Oh, the one who killed his, his
4: girlfriend, girlfriend. And he yeah. had had prior issues with Well, let violence. me ask you
1: about this then, because yeah. this is seen actually as a race case mm-hmm. that, you know, he's white, and he got out off, like, really lightly because of... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I wonder that connection between racism and narcissism and like n- being narcissistic and you know mm-hmm. being entitled because entitled mm-hmm. could be like almost like narcissism yeah. like, I am entitled to this this is all about me uh, all of these things so and it yeah. that's something think else too, that you could you know I haven't gotten sense. into the other theory <laughs> which is
0: actually really interesting but um I also do remember when I worked in New York in the entertainment industry I met a security guard he um he was Tom Cruise's security for a portion little bit of time and he was telling me that um, people like Tom Cruise they never hear no from anybody they always Mm -hmm. hear yes 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 so I mean I think that you can also have a narcissism created in a bubble as an adult in a way and again I'm not diagnosing Tom Cruise but you know a lot of people would say that he has developed these traits because nobody ever tells him no and then he lives in this weird reality and then he doesn't trust anyone which gives you sort of these aspects of being paranoid um so so you can also say I mean like, going yeah, yeah, going
3: back to what Summer said, white supremacy could mm-hmm. feed into that because it is this thing where people mm-hmm. don't say no to you, you right. get entitled. Right. Right. So I mean yeah, yeah you could exactly. see it as like feeding into
0: Yeah, it can very much have to do with um with privilege and, and how you're raised. But the most interesting theory of narcissism yeah, what's the second which one? I think you may actually I don't know too much about Trump's upbringing, but I do know that I think his father was an alcoholic, and he doesn't drink, and he I don't think he ever has, and I think that's one of the reasons, but, um... And he goes his brother. Oh, really? It's his brother? I believe yeah. his
4: brother, mm. he he might have died of alcoholism. Oh, or something it's like, an like an that, yeah. yeah. There
0: might but be there's the, um... Father.
4: Also his father? His, father? his
0: brother, yeah. his brother Oh, not his not brother. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you have sort of the opposite theory now of saying that when a child doesn't get any attention... In childhood or has sort of like an abusive childhood Mm -hmm. verbally or emotionally abusive um, to sort of protect themselves they develop a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. which is to build up this wall of narcissism to sort of protect themselves from being hurt or wounded Mm -hmm. and actually that's I think one of the more popular Mm -hmm. theories is the idea that you were hurt and wounded and it's an, it's a defense mechanism to never to be shield, to shield yourself from criticism and that kind of pain of actually being in an overly abusive environment in childhood
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it seems, yeah, I mean, I feel like day to day, that seems to be the more, like, would would you say that's the more common type, or is that hard to even say? It's hard to say,
0: but I think um, it it, it does make a lot of sense when you look at, like, Freudian defense mechanisms and how people develop, and I see it in my own practice all the time as people developing defense mechanisms, or in other words, adaptations to protect themselves from hurt a lot of the time it is the opposite, the the defense mechanism is the opposite thing of what they're actually feeling inside. So you might hear a lot of times, narcissists are actually deeply insecure people. And you may hear, that's what people have referred to
3: Trump, as a deeply insecure man. Yeah, so do you think he is? I mean, again, this is, now we're speculating, breaking Mm -hmm. the Goldwater rule, but what, what would you say based on, like, is it insecurity that's driving all this, or...? My personal thought is, again, we have a deeply, deeply
0: insecure man. Mm-hmm. I think there was a, a lot of things that sh- showed me that just... Um, it, I think we talked about this. After mm-hmm. he was elected, the first time he sat in that room with Obama, and he just looked so... I don't know if humbled was the word, but like this little boy almost, you know, that he couldn't even believe that that this is, mm-hmm. this had happened to him. But also just... He gets so enraged by being insulted and I use insulted in quotes and he just becomes this sort of attack dog. I think that is a huge sign of deep deep insecurity. It's mm. you know to always have to fight your critics. Someone who's very secure doesn't care. Right. Someone who's very secure and has a real thick skin,
2: She's they like don't that. need
0: to be fighting all those battles yeah. Yeah. because they're happy with themselves. So I think for him, my personal opinion is He's developed this real strong defense mechanism, and also I, I have a hunch that probably um, his childhood was very difficult. We don't hear much about it, but that's my hunch.
3: Hmm. Interesting. Just to like wrap it up, I guess. What do you think this means for our Paul? Poly- you know, you mentioned people are scared. People are scared because of this. Like, what, what do you think? What do you, what do you think this means? This potential mm-hmm. that he, I mean, we've said that other. Politicians have these similar traits, but he kind of seems really off the wall. So, like, what is you know what's how do you think we handle a Trump presidency from that psychological perspective? Well,
0: I mean, if you look about, if you think about it, even if these therapists have diagnosed him and said duty to warn, it hasn't changed anything, right? I mean, eighteen thousand therapists we sign off. We think he's dangerous. We think he's narcissistic. Um, You know. Oh, we have Donald Trump's chart. Can we talk about that? So so before we
1: we wrap up, final thoughts.
0: Um, Well, we can go straight to the chart. I mean, final thoughts, again, I just remember Nothing is black and white. No person is black and white. You do not know someone until you have sat with them. And when I say sat with them, sat with them numerous times. I could tell you so many stories about people that if you had heard their presenting problem, you could have easily been like sociopath, crazy person. And then when you heard the deeper story, um, you would just be complete, you would have empathy, you would be amazed. And so, you know, it's um, really important to know you, you don't know somebody until... You've sat with them, and even when you've sat with them and you've heard their most raw and vulnerable stories, you still don't really know them. Right. And so just to remember that everything is complex, that nothing is black and white, that we have to be careful um, sort of with the standards we set. And that's not to say we can't debate and say Trump has trace of narcissism, that we're concerned about this. Um, Duty to warn is fine, but you know, again, what has it done? It hasn't impeached him, right? So, I, what at the end of the day, what what is the point of of that? I guess is the question that I'm always left okay. sitting with. And
1: I think you right. know, now is the time to stick to your ethics. Now is the time to stick to your morals and mm-hmm. what is right, because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things are getting under attack or being under attack now, mm-hmm. and and it's you know, desperate times and hard times is when you really need to mm-hmm. stick to. All these things.
3: Yeah, so maybe... I mean, that's maybe a good note to end on. Like, maybe stop giving this guy all this power. We have power, too. We don't have to... We just have to stick to our own, what you believe in, work for that, and not maybe focus all this Mm -mm. attention on him controlling everything. Like, Mm -hmm. take back that... Yeah,
0: we gotta focus on...
3: Whoa. What we can fight. actually change. Yeah, and fight do. and
0: fighting that too, and just you know, not just speaking out, but actually doing action on the ground, mm-hmm. fighting. If you don't like something he's saying or doing, you know, we've really seen some Be great active. things. Like he, we've seen a judge in Hawaii, you know, stop his immigration. <laughs>
3: Ban, yeah, you know. Yeah. So
4: I mean it's it's that those are the things that I think
3: that you can actually yeah. do. Yeah. No. Okay.
4: So let's uh, to finish up, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's hear a little bit more about Donald Trump's chart.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo. So Maria, so Maria the astrologist is going to yeah, tell us a little bit <laughs> about the astrology of um of of the uh, behind Donald Trump in his chart. She's going to read
2: read his chart for us. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be so good. Well, it was just interesting because as Dr. Lena was speaking, I realized that I had his chart in my phone. Just
1: randomly Maria.
2: (laughs) 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 No, because I had looked it up during the election because I was concerned. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so it was just interesting because it was um, basically just reinforcing a lot of what she had discussed. And something that jumped out at me, um, he's a Gemini. Which points to a lot of, again, sort of the communication issues that Dr. Lena was talking about in terms of, you know, in particular being dishonest, kind of truth is contextual, kind of um, being a gifted communicator, though, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for anyone that watched the debates, I mean, it was quite clear mm-hmm. he could hold his own to, to a certain, to a large extent, or at least knew his base enough to communicate. Well, I mean... He mm-hmm. spoke at an 8th grade level, right? He, he knows how to communicate to his audience, and right? there
1: we go. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Which is very Gemini. Also, Geminis are known for being, like I said, truth is contextual. You say whatever you want under, you know, whatever context that is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, affairs, duplicitness is sort of common with Gemini energy, um, which you've seen in his personal life. You know, so there's a lot of things that kind of point to that. He is a Virgo rising. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, what my mind goes to is his fastidiousness over, um, like, you know, he doesn't like to shake people's hands. He's a germaphobe. I didn't know that. Yes, this could Mm -hmm. be like a big part of Virgo Rising, they get very um, particular. Also hardworking. He's known for being super hardworking, staying kind of at the office all hours of the night. His children talk about this. The only time they saw their father was at work. They all sort of tell stories about that. His father took them to work as young as young children like Ivanka and the boys I don't remember their names. <laughs> Um, Eric and Donald yeah like they would like play under his desk you know that's very Virgo Virgo yeah <laughs> Donald Jr. like Virgos <laughs> love to work oh so it's God. a if everything so basically his he has a lot of uh, well, of his identities right yeah she's the only one that matters absolutely absolutely <laughs> Sorry. and then his emotional like what what would rule his emotional kind of reality I guess you might say is Sagittarius so again, it can bring a lot of wealth, a lot of expansion, um, a lot of marriages, as you've seen. It can also mean um, a desire for freedom. So it also can mean like the end of a lot of marriages because of this desire for basically um, like. New is that people. what it's called now? Freedom. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> so basically, if your if your daughter wants to marry a Gemini Sagittarius, like, you, know, you know, and the concern is fidelity, that would. What that are those would months not again? Be a what good
3: are issue. Gemini, Sagittarius months? Uh,
2: Actually, Sagittarius well. is is uh, December, November. Yeah, November, like December.
0: We're not, we're
2: yeah, November to early December. Yeah, and Gemini is April, kind of April, May. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, just quickly then. So one thing that that resonated Dr. Lino when you were talking yeah. is he has Neptune, which is the planet of illusion mm-hmm. and oh sensitivity. God in mm. his first house of identity mm. so people that have next in their first house um they're normally very sensitive mm-hmm. very delusional mm-hmm. in many ways um can have influxes of you know basically changes in the way that capital kind of flows to them mm-hmm. um, something else that pops into into um he likes women that are flashy i can see that in his chart mm-hmm. he has obviously very good career aspects he's very interested in his career he has luck around financial resources. Of course, mm-hmm. you would expect this. Mm-hmm. Um, something I see in his chart are issues with his mother. Mm. And if I think about it, you don't hear much about Donald Trump's mother. Mary no. Trump oh. or Mary, something. Yeah. So, do you know anything about his mother? She no. looks
3: very, like, austere. I've seen her in interviews. I don't know much really? about her. I like, think like a very, like strict immigrant kind of yeah. woman, I think.
2: Definitely issues with women and motherhood mm. Mm. are definitely in his chart. So that kinda of points well, definitely
3: has issues with women, I
2: yes. that. Absolutely <laughs> issues with women. Um, unconventional career choices, you know, mm-hmm. communication tied to his career and success. I mean, things mm-hmm. that you would expect. So that
3: kind of ties into what Dr. Lena was saying, too, about like a difficult... You suspect he has a, had had a very difficult childhood. Not very difficult, but mm-hmm. a difficult...
0: It could have been very difficult. I mean, we really don't know that much about it. It could mm-hmm. It could have been. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of my gut feeling about it, actually.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And definitely if you think about his marriages that came early, I mean, mm-hmm. home and family... Mm-hmm. Are important to him. I mean, he's married quite yeah. young. He's been mm-hmm. married, repeated, you know, multiple times. Yeah. He definitely doesn't spend time alone, you know? Right, right. Um, he also has Mars on his ascendant, which means that he can be kind of excitable, and that's that kind of um, testosterone. For the impulsivity of, part. Yes. Masculine response. Mm-hmm. Aggressiveness. Um, yeah, yes. aggressiveness, masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly. Also, he has issues with with friendships. <laughs> mm-hmm. Big shock, I know. Yeah. yeah, who
3: are his
0: friends? Do we know anything about his friends? I don't think he has any friends. He does, no. but they're all not real friends. That's the you know thing. what I mean? That's they're the sort thing. of the. Uh-huh. business type people that you know,
3: kind of come emerging and go is a of picture of a very lonely man actually i mean it,
4: it looks like he has yeah. his family and that's a, you know what i mean like he cares about his family and they're very close and that's kind of it, it, it appears that way <laughs> and not, they're
0: the only ones he trusts i believe yeah. that um there's almost the patheticness to him i think mm-hmm. that that's I'm there's sorry. something about him that's small and yeah. pathetic you can't get me to feel yeah. sorry for him. No, so pathetic rich, is boy. not a word of sympathy though. Pathetic is like No, no, but it's not even that. Yeah, like, you like, know,
1: oh, he's a lonely figure and all mm-hmm. these things, and like you're trying I, I can't trump up <laughs> <Sympathetic>. <laughs> like, like, no, I think this is an issue and this is an issue you yeah. come into contact with people yeah. in life.
3: It's like yeah. just because somebody who's very harmful mm-hmm. you can understand why <laughs> it doesn't mean that's acceptable yeah. you see what i'm saying yeah like, yep. but yeah just exactly. because someone's harmful mm-hmm. you can see oh they're probably lonely they probably had a hard childhood that doesn't excuse of course their no, harmfulness no, 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 no. or that you shouldn't no put no, very, no not at all yeah. mm-hmm. i but the two can exist together
0: yeah which yeah. again is um is that Somebody again, it's not black and white, right mm-hmm. is that somebody can have a hard childhood and you know we can can't kind of say, oh, they're a pathetic person, but we still hold them accountable. This is the bulk of my practice actually mm-hmm. is um, helping people set boundaries by being just because you can have actually have empathy for some somebody doesn't mean that you have to have them in your life, which is people often get the concept of forgiveness confused is that forgiveness doesn't mean that you let somebody walk all over you. Or that you let them into your life, it means mm-hmm. that in your heart you don't have any anger right. towards them, but you also have that boundary. And I think it's, it's actually destructive to be sort so of like, angry, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so Because, again, then your judgment becomes clouded. So to sort of have that rational judgment is to be able to say, okay, there's many different parts to this. We still throw that mofo in jail, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but
2: I think you're responsible for your own emotional, yeah. I think growth, so even if you had a bad relationship with your mother, mm-hmm. which I definitely see in his chart, or, or with mm-hmm. feminine energy, mm-hmm. he's still responsible for that, mm-hmm. for basically dealing with that in a way that's productive mm-hmm. but a
0: narcissist so, will never deal with that or ever go to therapy if he is in fact like, you know, a mm-hmm. NPD, they, that, there's a famous saying in therapy that the only time a narcissist comes to therapy is for couples therapy because They're going because they want, say, the narcissist is a man, as it usually is. They want the therapist to say yeah your wife is crazy you know oh, so they're coming yeah. in as sort of a manipulative tactic okay one of, my, one of is... my professors in grad school was a narcissist specialist in greenwich connecticut mm-hmm. and so i mean i learned from the master oh, oh my yeah. god yeah. lena
1: this is exactly the yeah. first thing i said to you that mm-hmm. i'm coming to couples therapy with you for yeah. you <laughs> so that you can tell him that i'm right <laughs> that? Yeah, yeah, oh, and people, people I'm are very disappointed
0: so. <laughs> when they come into couples therapy at least in my couples therapy
4: and um we're actually neutral, and we aren't. We're, we don't take sides. <laughs> so,
3: so, is there anything else pressing in the chart?
2: I mean, you definitely see the biggest issue. I'd say mommy issues. Obviously, he has good career aspects, good career elements, which you would expect. Can um, you look at his relationship with his daughter Ivanka? You know, I don't have her chart. If I had her chart, I could do it quickly. I mean, definitely, there's some abusive elements. Should we to go be back,
4: continue? Yes. <laughs> if we go back
2: to my original point about, would you recommend your daughter? You know, dating him. I mean, he definitely has a few points. Um, he has some what, like basically negative aspects to Pluto, which point to abusiveness, which point to power issues, which point to. I mean, again, not not that none none of that is a big shock, mm-hmm. based on what we know of him, mm-hmm. and um, you know, kind of definitely has a an inconsistent emotional, I would say, internal environment for sure. Mm-hmm. Mixed with really great career aspects, so if you're gonna talk, if you're going to, if you're gonna kind of sum it up for your daughter, you might say um, that he has awesome career aspects and great ability to attract wealth, but that he's. Abusive, manipulative, and has small
1: hands. And he issues. has small hands. So, and small <laughs> hands.
3: Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> <that> <laughs> knows, <laughs> so not, okay. now we're gonna end yeah. it. Don't let your daughter, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. date <laughs> Donald Stay Trump. Away from small <laughs> hands. Stay away from small hands. But thank you much, so much for tuning in. Like us on social media on the Swamp on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. The Swamp DC. The Swamp Podcast DC. Um, thank you so much.
4: Thank you. Thanks, good
3: night, guys. Good,
1: good night. night. I feel like Donald Trump. Babe. I say what I want.